the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we welcome you here this morning. Give us clean hearts and a mind, Lord, that leans towards you. Father, let us one accord with you. Father, let us be able to lay our burdens down today. You say in your word that your yoke is easy and your burdens are light, Lord. So I just want to push my burdens from my shoulders onto yours this morning. And Father, I pray that you just take over the show in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we have a special guest, but before we introduce introduce you to our guest. I've got a few minutes that I'd like to talk about Psalm 23, everybody's favorite psalm. And last night I get this call from a really good friend of ours. He's almost a son. And he says he's going to the hospital. And I said, don't worry, Mike. The Lord is your shepherd. There's nothing else that you need because he's your shepherd. I thought, okay, that's what we have to talk about today. Let me get started with reading just the the whole chapter. It's a short one, six verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me besides the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I told Mark Mike that, and I was hoping I wasn't pushing the death part because he was on his way to the hospital, poor guy. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, my staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Great psalm. Well, I want to concentrate just on verse 1. I know that seems weird, but I'm just going to concentrate on verse 1. Now, here David is declaring, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, here's David, this ruddy guy. He's been a shepherd for so long. His father was a shepherd too, so he's a son of a shepherd. He's a shepherd, so he's well acquainted with what it takes to be a good shepherd. And David was a great shepherd. He took his sheep beside the still waters. And you know, those sheep, they get so skittish. If they're by running water, they don't want to drink from that. It has to be still waters. He takes them through the paths that are pastures that are green. So he knows how to take care of his sheep. And he's saying right here in verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. He's declaring the Lord is going to be my shepherd. And he knows what it takes to be a good shepherd. And he's relinquishing himself to God, Yahweh, Jehovah. Lord, you be my 
share. You take care of everything. I'm just going to give it all to you. And you know, in um, John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Let me just go there. She didn't mark it, of course. Oh, I did mark John 10, 14. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. You know, God, Jesus is saying he is the good shepherd. And when we give ourselves to that good shepherd, Jesus, we need to be all in. Just like David is saying, I'm going to call you, Lord, my shepherd. I know what it takes to be a good shepherd, to take care of my sheep. I mean, here was David. You know, the Bible says that this guy slayed lions, bears, maybe one bear, maybe one lion. I don't know. I, I know that it's in First Samuel, right? Keep me straight. First Samuel 17 or, you know, it says he slayed a lion for his sheep, the protector of the sheep. He slayed a bear with that slingshot. And then, you know, of course, we all know that he slayed that giant after that. And he was still this kid, right? And he's saying, after that, he's saying, um, I shall not want. Wow, that's a big statement. He knows that he had to take the sheep everywhere. And I imagine that, you know, David, as he was taking the sheep, maybe from one hill to another, and listen, I've been to those hills in Jerusalem, and there, there's a lot of rocks there. I don't know where he found those green pastures. I'm sure there are green pastures, but I just saw a lot of rocks with well, anyway, he knew where to take them. But, you know, he probably had to feed these sheep on rocky ground, too. I mean, it wasn't always green, but he got them fed and he got them to those still waters and he kept them clean because, you know, they get all dirty and everything. And those sheep are so they want to just go their own way. Oh, OK, so anyway, he's trying to keep these sheep together. And he says then the next statement in that same verse, he said, I shall not want. That means I don't need need anything, God, you're going to provide everything for me. Everything. I'm not sure that I can do that. I mean, I say that, but just relinquishing everything and saying, okay, God, you know, I want to just take some things back. God, you take care of this stuff. You know, you take care of my spiritual life. I'm going to earn this buckaroos over here. I can handle this part. No, he wants it all. He wants us to turn everything over. And when I read this thing where he says, I shall not want, after that, it's talking about all the blessings. And I and I read the psalm, so you know, in Psalm, psalm 23, verse 2, he's talking about, um, let me just get back to that page. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, he really is giving us rest, peace. So all these blessings that he talks about, I mean, it's kind of one way of looking at it, where, where David is saying, I don't need a thing, Lord, because look at all the stuff you're providing me. Look at all the blessings you're giving me. You make me lie down in green pastures. You're giving me that peace and that rest that I need. In verse 3, he says, He restoreth my soul. So he restores us. Daily, he gives us new mercies. Daily, he gives us new mercies. He's going to guide us in the paths of righteousness, he says. So he's going to lead us through this. These are the blessings that comes after his statement. I don't need anything because look at what you're doing for me. He's he's in verse 4, he's saying he's still guiding us. It, it says, though, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He's protecting us. He's comforting us. And that just increases our faith when we have to go through that valley. And then in verse 5, he's saying, thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. What do we get from him? Safety, protection, provision. He provides for us everything that we need. And then the, the final thing is, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We get heaven at the end. How great is that? 
thought, oh my gosh, yeah, that. So listen, we need nothing but Jesus, nothing but Jesus, nothing but our good shepherd. I, I do want to say one other thing, though. Uh, you know, David is so content here to make that statement and that boldness that he gives about trusting that this is going to be his good shepherd. He has everything he needs to survive. And I was thinking about, you know, when I was a little girl, how my dad was so big. I was, I, I always say that I was my dad's favorite. Well, I found out later on that all my brothers and sisters thought that too. So it's great that he made us feel that way. But I remember just being next to him and standing by him. And I don't know if you remember walking and seeing your shadow and seeing how big his shadow was next to my little shadow. And I just felt so protected. Well, that's the kind of protection, even more than that, that God gives us. But anyhow, what I what I also wanted to say about um, this is, you know, Paul says that in, in I think it's Philippians 4.11, where he says, to be content in all things. He's been in a period of having a lot, and he's also been in the period of having nothing. And he's saying to the Philippians, I know what it feels, and I'm just content in all things. And I think this is what David is trying to relay. He knows that sometimes the sheep eat a lot, and sometimes they probably are eating off the rocks, whatever they can get between the rocks. But it doesn't matter, because God is going to be with us all the time. We just need to be content in all things. And I'm thinking about Paul. Paul, when he wrote that, I mean, he was he was tied. He was in prison when he wrote that to the Philippians, and also he was tied to the jailer. And so he's saying to us, "I'm going to be content in all things." He's in jail. I don't know if I could do that, but Lord, don't put me in that situation. But anyhow, the Lord is our shepherd. We have nothing else to want if we have Him. Just be content where He puts us, because sometimes we need to be in the valley, and sometimes we're going to be on the top of the hill. Just be content in where he places us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I get to introduce our special guest. I'm really excited about this. I don't know if you remember this, but I met you in 1991. And the reason I know this is this is when we moved the church from you know, um, from the Jewish Community Center to where we are mm-hmm. on Peleus over there in Anaheim. And you were um, assistant pastor then. Mm-hmm. And so this is my special guest, Pastor Louis Monteith. And welcome to the show. Thank you, Rody. What a blessing to oh. be here and to hear this Bible study already oh. about contentment in Psalm 23. Thank you. Aw. Anyway, I did want to introduce you to the show and ask you to give us a little rundown about your past um, and how you accepted the Lord, um, where you were born, where you come from. Mm-hmm. I was born in uh, Newport Beach, California, so I was an Orange County boy yeah. and uh, from a good family, you know, well-educated family, and um, had two older brothers, but we didn't know Jesus, so that was the problem. We had the, the semblance of success and so forth, but uh, we didn't know the Lord. So, you know, when the uh, the whole hippie movement hit and uh, the late 60s, early 70s, and we were just lost boys um, in uh, in Anaheim, and we started getting in trouble and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, Jesus came in, you know. The Jesus movement was hitting uh, during that time, just great revival happening. And by God's grace, we were saved. We were born again. And our whole family was was transformed, you know, by, by God's grace. Right. You know, old things have passed away. All things have become new. And so uh, we're, we're just so thankful for the Lord's, you know, redemption and all, all that he's done. And just uh, that was when I was a, a teenager. And just to think about all he's done ever since, you know, with that, that 
that calling upon your life when God gives it to you. It's just been such a wonderful ride. So when you were, when you guys got saved, you got saved as a family then? You guys went to church somewhere? Yeah, and one, by, one by one. You know how Paul says in Acts 16.31, and let this be, be an encouragement to the listener, that you shall be saved and your household. Yes. And we claimed that, you know, for the Lord. So one by one, we came to the Lord. Wow, super. Okay, so now you're saved. You're a teenager. You're in high school, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you feel this tug at your heart to be in ministry or a calling on your life. Right, now, right. when did that, that all happen? Mm-hmm. And, and how old were you and where did you go? Well, there I was in high school, and guess who was my football, or I should say my PE coach, is your brother. Oh, wow. Yeah, Coach DeFries, John DeFries. So, you know, we have some history there. Before I, we know, even met each other, I knew your your brother, and he was my, my high school PE coach. Wow. You know, I didn't know that until you told me that the other day, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I beamed from ear to ear, yeah. because it seems like everybody in Anaheim knew him. But, okay, so he yeah. was your fit football yeah, coach. Yeah, so and- hi, John, Coach DeFries out there. Um, so um, then you felt this calling on your life. Right. Now, we have something else in our background, and that's Melody Land Christian Center. Okay, so yeah, I got saved my there. My friend's mom took me down to uh, Melody Land Christian Center and Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, when Pastor Chuck was teaching still in the tent, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got the Word of God foundation in my life through Calvary Chapel and Pastor Chuck through the Bible verse-by-verse teaching. And that's the strength, right? That's the solid core. But I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit at Melody Land through Pastor Ralph Wilkerson. And just going to the church, um, I just had been raised up in this fundamental denominational church that I fell away from, you know. So now I'm back with the Lord, but I needed the power, right? The Acts 1-8 power. Yeah. And uh, so um, I received that in the little side room there at, at the Christian Center, and it totally transformed my life. It gave me the power to witness, to be uh, sharing my, my faith, and just that, that transformation um, in my life even more. And then it wasn't too long after that, that I was sitting there on a Sunday night service, and there was a guest speaker, evangelist Dick Hanley, was speaking. There was a lot of young people there, and he said, if you feel led, young people, to to give your life to full-time Christian service, I want you to stand up and come down this aisle right now. I was there like lickety-split. It was like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? You know, and there were 17 other uh, young people, and he uh, dismissed the crowd. He, he retained us there, gave us Jeremiah chapter 1, said, don't say you're too young. I will put my words in your mouth and you wow. will be, you know, my my witness. And that has wow. been a theme scripture all the way through. Wow. And so you, you answered the call. And what was your first calling? Like where did you become a pastor right away? A Sunday school teacher? What did you do? Right. So now you're, you're freshly born again and you're just looking to the Lord. The number one thing is just to know Jesus. Yeah. Just to know him. That's your ministry, you know, as newborn babes. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're just taking in the Bible studies, right, and so forth. But then the the second greatest thing is to serve the Lord, right, and to find those those things that he would call you to. Now, the big picture was out there. I would be in full-time ministry, but you have to take the little steps. You want to win your family to Christ, right? Right. So you seek to do that. Your friends at school, and I I would just try to, you know, share my faith. And then, um, you know, next thing you know, 
know, it's like, Louis, can you, your musical, can you lead worship at our home Bible study, which were so big back in the day. Right. Home Bible studies were huge. And it was like, me? Okay. You know, praise the Lord. And now I'm using all my musical background for Jesus instead of wow. the, the world. And, and so, yeah, Sunday school at my church and then on and on the different things that would happen. Getting back to uh, Loera High School uh, would be the Bible studies that we started there. Really? Yeah, Tell with, me about that. With uh, Malin McCurry, science teacher. Oh, he he wow. was also going to Melodyland Christian Center. And, and he, he would have it right on campus? Y- yes, in his room. But then we got kicked out. Remember that whole thing about separation of church and state? Yes. Guess what we did? We went out to the grass area. It's where God wanted us to be. We had our Bibles and our guitars there. People would come down and say, you know, uh, come around us and say, what about evolution? And we would say, sit down. We want to tell you about Jesus. And wow. and so God had a plan, you know, for that, that getting us kicked out of the, the science room to the grass area there. And so that was a big thing is just being able to uh, witness for Christ on the high school campus. Um, I'd go out street witnessing and, and so forth. This was all preparation. This is why you want to take the steps. When God opens the door, make sure you walk through it. It might seem kind right. of little or it might be super intimidating. But if you're obedient, it's a stepping stone to what God would have in the future. Amen. Okay. So you guys are still on campus, but on the grassy area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, gosh, I'm glad they didn't put you out on the sidewalk. <laughs> but anyhow, that's great. Now, when did when did the Lord open the door for you to uh, take that next step into ministry as a pastor? Right. I have a word for this whole thing about God's guidance. I call it progressive revelation. God will re- will reveal to you progressively, not all at once, like a flashlight. Remember camping and yes. going around or even just trying to find the, the, the campsite bathroom or whatever? You can only see three feet in front of you. Yeah. So I didn't know anything. All I knew was something very general. God has called me. God has called me. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know the face of it. And so I'm just like, Lord, just lead me. Just praying that prayer. I'm not smart enough to discern God's will. I don't know what he has for me. But man, do I feel it inside of me like crazy. He's He has a calling upon my life. I will be faithful with the now and with the light that's shining in front of me. And by God's grace, he will open up that door. And he did. Wow. After high school graduation was uh, Bible college. And that was the preparation, going to Southern California College, now Vanguard University in Costa Mesa. Okay. So there's four years locked in there, right? So now I'm growing uh, in my knowledge of the Word and getting the tools that I need, still ministering and and, uh, starting to teach home Bible studies and uh, doing different uh, ministries, starting to play my music more in a a broader uh, format and getting some experience there. God is still building. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of uh, Bible college, it was like missions, man, you know, youth with a mission. I'm going to train in Hawaii on the big island. So you went to YWAM. Uh, Well, I was <laughs> I was planning on going, but guess what? Love happened. Oh, you got married. <laughs> so I met Cheryl in, the, in my senior year of, of Bible college. So this is what you call a divine delay. Here I'm thinking it's it's YWAM, but God's saying, no, you need a wife. Okay. You, need, you need help, dude. <laughs> so he sends me Cheryl, right? And so we met and uh, got married and at the same time uh, graduated from Bible college. And then my brother starts a church out in the Hemet San Jacinto area, wow. and he's calling for a youth pastor. I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, you know how it is sometimes? Did I hear the Lord right, you know, about missions and all? Anyway, maybe the mission is just being my brother's youth pastor. So we go out there and we serve for two years, right? And, you know, we have our first house out there and and so forth. And then there was this 
there's like, you know, this good restlessness inside. It's like back to missions. And I kid you not, just like you have junk mail at home, there's junk mail for churches. And a YWAM flyer came through, Musicians for Missions in Amsterdam, Holland. Wow. And I looked at that. I was like, I'm going to keep this and show Cheryl. We prayed about it and we, we resigned from the church. And we had to uh, just trust the Lord for finances and all. And we went over for a summer of service uh, with Karen Lafferty, uh, Musicians for Missions. And uh, there was 25 of us from all around the world. And we trained um, in the north of Holland. And then we went out to the different places in Holland and, and some parts of Europe uh, to um, share the Lord uh, through music. Wow. It was so cool. But then at the end of those three months, they asked me to be uh, on, on staff. Cheryl had to be on staff, right? And it was like, but the Lord, I went out for a walk in Amsterdam. And the Lord said, I want you to go home and be a pastor of a church with a missions emphasis. That's what I heard from the Lord. And so we had to graciously decline that offer and come home at the same time. Uh, Cheryl's parents had a, uh, a rental in the city of Orange that just happened to open up at the right time. And uh, so we came back and I got back uh, with Calvary Chapel Anaheim. Really? Our okay. home, home church. Yeah. And just started, That's where I met you. Just started volunteering. And next thing you know, the church is growing. Mark needs a Pastor Mark needs a youth pastor. And he, he brings me on uh, to the church. And I was there 13 years. Wow. 13 years. Was it youth that long? pastor, principal of the church, just doing uh, principal of the school. Yes. And just doing, you know, whatever. And again, God is preparing me during those 13 years for something else. Yes. Okay, let me ask you a little bit about when you were in Amsterdam. Was that with Youth with a Mission? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, but you never did go to Hawaii with them. Why did I think you did? Well, because that's where the training center was. Oh, okay. Initially. But, mm, yeah. Okay, so. We had eventually visited, Cheryl and I, when we were over there. We finally got around and thought, this is this is the place, but we got married. In Kona? In, we got, uh-huh, but we got married instead. Okay, okay. That's, okay, that's, now I've got the story straight. Okay, so now the Lord is calling you to be the the assistant pastor mm-hmm. at Calvary Anaheim. So tell me about that and how that grew. Just just serving, you know. When we when we first started and we were Pastor Mark and I were talking about this, I wanted to do uh, missions um, at the church, and he says, "Well, you know, Louie, um, I I really need a youth pastor." And so, t- to my own shame, I actually turned him down and said, "No, it's missions. You know, my heart is missions." I went home, and a couple of days later, I was mowing the lawn, and we had a very large yard. You think a lot when you. When you're working, right? Yeah, you know, those, you're pointing at Mark yeah, because he the, knows the lot. The, the repetition of going up and down the rows, you're, you think a lot. And God spoke to me and said, "Louis, I want you to go back to Pastor Mark and apologize to him, and I want you to serve that man wow, and say so that cool. you will you will be the youth pastor." Whoa. You know, because I, I had already like done that, right? But now yeah. I'm on to missions. He says, "No, the greatest of all is a servant of all." This church is growing. Pastor Mark needs needs your help. You are to humble yourself. It's not what you want. So all the while I'm going, but where's the missions? Where's where's the missions? You know, but you have to trust the Lord. So I put myself for those 13 years. I took my kids to Mexico. See, oh, we did all these outreaches and all these service projects and all as a as a youth group. You know, we were serving the Lord and doing missions. Mission. 
questions. Fabulous. Okay, so God did answer your prayer and your heart was, you know, filled in a different way. It's not always the way we think it's going to be, right? Rody, that I have a phrase for that. It's not what you think. It's never what you think, but it's always better. Yeah. It's never what you think, but it's always better. If you trust the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths, Yes. then it will come out not the way you think. Let God let it all play out because His details are greater. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the future. I don't. He knows what's best. You have to trust and lay down your own logic. Oh, yeah. I've had to do that many times. Actually, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> but, okay, now you're there for 13 years and you feel the Lord calling you to start something new. So let's talk about the. now you're going to move all the way to Narco from Anaheim, right? Right, which God uses natural circumstances. You know, we were priced out of a home. Now Cheryl's pregnant uh, with our number one, Lindsay, and it's like, you know, we we bought a home out here in, in Corona. Now I'm commuting back in. And then after those 13 years, Pastor Mark gets a vision about sending me out to start Calvary Chapel Norco. So he pulls me in his office, and it was like, I could you could just tell by looking at him, the Lord has spoken to him, you know. And so the elders laid hands on me and sent Cheryl and I out. And we pioneered Calvary Chapel Norco, starting out of our living room with four people. Wow. Despise not the day of small beginnings, the Bible says. Yes. You know, and we're pioneers. So we, we, we just start from scratch on things. It's just God's calling on our life, you know. And it takes right. longer that way. Yeah, you, you know, when you, when you do it, when you start something from scratch, it takes longer. But that was our, our calling. And the church started growing. And next thing you know, we're in a building and in another school. And, and finally, our, we have our, our uh, property there in Norco um, with a long-term lease. And, and uh, so we're going on. But four years after the church uh, was going... There was the birth of Go Ministries. Oh, and it that was, long ago? Yeah, it was four oh, years. Wow. Yes, the year two thousand actually. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, my secretary by that time had worked for a mission agency, and my new assistant pastor had just come off the mission field from Ashford, England, and so we were just talking in the hallway of the church about a need for a mission-sending organization to help people get on the mission field and so forth. And it's like, you know, we said, let's do it. God is in it. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus you'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com spelled R-A-H Fisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com with Jesus.com or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094 That's 951-817-0094 on the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.